Hosh <laughs> Welcome to Dizzy for Dizzy. I'm yes. Ashley. I'm Kristen. And I just realized I wrote that this was volume 24 and it's not. Thank God. No, not yet. No. Um, I did. I gave a little warning in the Facebook group last mm-hmm. night. Well, at least on the discussion thread that we always have, you know, each week for yeah. the episodes. And I said, just a fair warning, you guys, this week is probably going to be a little different for the <laughs> yeah. podcast because we had a rough time with this episode. <laughs> um, and it's funny because I texted you mm-hmm. as I was live after the live watch and I was like, oh, the B team wrote better than they did last week. And then after watching it with subs and really paying attention where like, I wasn't just kidding. Yes. Because I, you know, I'm not looking at Twitter for the translations and I'm not doing live reactions on Instagram where yeah. I was like really focusing on like the body language and attitude and all that. I was like, oh, no, no, this is terrible. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Um, and, you know, this is not against any of the actors this is not against any of the camera people, the editors, right. anything like that. This no. is just – gosh, I hate I, – I really don't like to be mean, but – well, that's not true because we were pretty mean about EK last season, but um, – Yeah, I don't – see, here. here's the thing. We don't have to think every episode is – the best episode yeah. that was ever written. Right. And I don't think that that should be the case with any TV show that you ever watch ever. Yeah. You're going to have dud episodes. Yeah. yeah. I know like uh, – excuse me, the fly episode on Breaking Bad, like what even was that episode? Some people yeah. really liked that episode, but mm-hmm. to me it was completely pointless. Uh-huh. So um, – Yeah, it was a filler. Yeah, just re- it was mm-hmm. felt like the most random episode. Yeah, ever. did that one have different writers? Did you even? I haven't even done the research because for that. the funny thing I is, I didn't start. I didn't even start like paying attention to stuff like that until EK. In mm-hmm. like in well, that's not true. Gilmore Girls is a prime example of where I we were very sure. aware of that, um, and you know, mm-hmm. because. I think we talked about this last week on the podcast, like how Amy Sherman Palladino was not a part of the seventh season as a writer Correct. at all. And yeah, that, yeah. and it absolutely showed. So I did know it, but I never really paid super close attention to it before that. Um mm-hmm. and you know, um yeah. and the thing is too, I think it's safe to say our disappointment in this episode is not us expecting Oscar award winning performances every week. It's not about that at all because no. I stand by – basically, I said something last week um, on Twitter, and I stand by it, that there are people out there who are literally expecting Academy Award-winning performances every single week and Academy Award-winning plot, you know, and all of that. Right, and it's like right. – and that's where I'm just like, maybe you shouldn't watch DZs anymore. Like, maybe right. you should just start working your way through the list of Academy Award-winning films because that sure. seems to be like what you're looking for every right. single week in a right. in an episode that has to be longer than most of those films are right. that had, you know, months and years of preparation. Um this isn't even about that. This is just like this is just a prime example of really why you don't switch writers. Like I know there are exceptions to that. There's a show mm-hmm. recently, I don't watch it. I can't even remember which show it is. Um a DZ that and I, it's funny because I believe the writer's name is Aisha on it. Um, okay. Anyways, basically posting like it's, you know, our pens are tired and so like we're mm. handing over the reins to like this new team. So I think when it's something like that where the writer themselves is like, 
I don't know where to take this. I don't have like – I don't really have these fresh ideas or I don't really know where this is ending. I think that's different. And then maybe they were able to kind of help in finding the new writers for the show to where they thought, okay, they have a similar style of writing. The tone can definitely Mm -hmm. stay the same for the show, that kind of a thing. Right. Because every writer, something that you can't really change is what you would call voice. Mm -hmm. So – they're, every writer kind of has their own particular style. That's just the way writing works. Mm-hmm. And that's even going to be the same if you're writing a script. If right. it, it doesn't have to be fiction. Um, yeah. So I think we just really saw a different tone mm-hmm. and a different voice, voice in these two episodes. And it's just not the – Central Kapama that we know. Mm-hmm. So, I, and but again, you know, I don't think that rainbows come out of Aisha's butt. Like I, she's right. she's a human. She, right. She's gonna do things that we may not necessarily agree with, or like write things that we're not gonna be like, oh my gosh, this is so perfect and amazing. Right. Um. Because that's just every. We're all gonna have different yeah, opinions on things. Absolutely, and we're just flawed humans, and we're not gonna just have a perfect. Point to point A to point B way. Yes. Especially in the DZ world where – here's what I think. I think that she – this is pure speculation, obviously, you guys. I have absolutely no proof of this. I think she had like 25 episodes written. Like she kind of had an idea of Hmm. where this could go in like 25 episodes. And it's not ending in 25 episodes as far as we know. Hmm. And – so I'm wondering if it's like, okay, take a break to like reassess. Cal- reassess and head in this new direction that we're going to be able to make it last to X amount of episodes. Sure. Which that's just a thing in Dizzyland. It sucks because I, I have no doubt that she does have a start and ending to this story before the show even began. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is she doesn't ever know when we're going – none of them know when we're going to yep. get to this ending. None and of so, the writers, none of the cast, none of the crew, nope. none of the directors. Nope. <laughs> so I think it's a matter of like, okay, so I need to kind of redo this so that we can still head towards this ending I had in mind. But obviously now we're going to have to do it in more episodes. Right. Um, and that could be why they brought in a different team so that she could really work on – Kind of the future of the, the future. story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which would also explain, too, why some of the stuff that happened in this episode f- was so dragged out and was like, this should have been Very. dealt – this should have been dealt with by now. Mm-hmm. I think it was just like, well, we kind of have to make this stretch right now so that we yeah. can head in this new direction in 24. Um, yeah. So I think that might be part of it. Um and so maybe it's like, you know, maybe these new writers just didn't have much of a choice with how much they could progress things. Sure. Um, it's not their original story either. So mm-hmm. how much can they really do? Yeah. And how many storylines they can't really start a lot right. or resolve certain things necessarily because, yeah, you've got to make it stretch. I, that makes a lot of sense to me yeah. because, yeah, these two episodes felt like – Kind of just a filler, kind of a way to drag mm-hmm. time and a way to just drag out things. Well, yeah, because from uh, like from the end of 21 to the end of 23, mm-hmm. what has – other than 
Baba Ane showing up at the end. Sure. What has really progressed? Nothing. Like, Serkan continues to be loud and super, which I am here for. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, he's direct and he is open with his feelings, but he was doing that in 21 also. Right. Um, the contract is still alive and well for mm-hmm. Edda to use as her crutch, which got old very quickly and should have been nixed pretty much last episode. Um, Because it was 20 – was it 20 or 21 where it first came in? Ooh, I Basically, I think it should but have been, been done. It should have been done by the episode after it first was introduced, in my opinion. Yeah, give it two episodes. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Um, yeah. But I think we're going on four now. Mm-hmm. and Or maybe going into five, depending on how much of it holds holds up in 24. And and Edda is still talking out of both sides of her mouth when yes. it comes to Serkan. Yep. And so – Really, the only stuff that happened in in this episode was mm-hmm. like the hot uh, Ed Sarah scenes. Other than the hot Ed Sarah scenes, mm-hmm. Ifair is continuing to talk to Chef Alexander, right? Which that's clearly going to progress to something. It absolutely is. We meet him next episode. I watched yeah. the fragment. I know you're not so watching them, I. but oh, you did. No, watch, I watched it. You watched mm-hmm. the second one because this. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll talk at the end then about it because I'm. It's giving me a lot of hope. Um, yeah. Even anyways, sorry. Go. But um, so she's continuing her little dalliance with Chef Alexander because come on, guys, they're flirting. Oh, hundred um, percent. <laughs> and then um. Uh, Engin and Pearl. Like, she finally talked to her parents. Yeah, I so am. So that was, like, the biggest thing and the biggest reveal to me of this entire episode. Uh-huh. I was like, well, I guess Pearl has, like, super high-level family mm-hmm. or her dad is somebody really important. He's or like the mafia or something. Or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was intriguing to me. And I'm like, I agree. okay, where's this going to go? Mm-hmm. And we kind of see her and Angan working through their wedding and all that kind of stuff. And, right. But it's just everything else. I was like, oh, my God. I know. Okay, so I don't <laughs> know how you did this because you guys – Ashley, I texted her Monday night. Was it? Does it sound right? And I said, hey, you can totally say no to this, but what do you think about not doing like a scene by scene recap breakdown Mm -hmm. like we usually do, but just kind of talking off the cuff about the episode because there was just so much disjointment in Mm -hmm. this episode that I was like, honestly, there's not really any, there's not a whole lot to dig into that there normally would be. There's stuff to dig into, like all the things that were done incorrectly or like or just are messy but you know i didn't find one lick of symbolism Mm -mm. i think the closest thing that came but even then i think it was more of an explanation than it was symbolism is when um ifair is talking about those blue basically they look like jordan almonds but they're a specific like sugar-coated almond from marden right and like the way they dye it is with uh root from like this oh, specific yeah, yeah. tree mm-hmm. but like i was like okay let me look this up and like it it's like not anything so right. there was and like that's one of the big things i miss is that you know um that is one thing that i will say is rainbow from her butt worthy so to speak is that aisha no matter what's going on in the plot and i think it's why it's easy for me to not get as like upset or perturbed with like certain plot points when i when they're not going the way like i thought they would or the way mm-hmm. i think they should is because i know she has a plan because you see all the little tiny details of her symbolism yes 
and the stuff that she's planting within yes. the story. And that's what I gravitate to and I just like crave and love. And that was missing from this episode. Yeah. Um, which, you know, part of me is like, it's probably a good thing because it wouldn't have been her symbolism. But sure. like, but even last episode with 22, we had the potato uh-huh. talk. We had the potato talk. We had the whole incident with the clay. And, you know, those were big, like symbolic things that were either you know being spoken about or happening um but there wasn't even like there wasn't even like something like that this episode right i mean unless maybe the ice skating in the snow is supposed to mean something you know a blanket of snow is like you know a white canvas to start afresh so maybe the snow at the end could have been something like that or it could have just been something cute for the winter wonderland right atmosphere they were creating so yeah so uh, I no, was- and yeah, I'm, I mean, we're guys, guys, if you haven't caught on, we're basically going to kind of just freewheel it. Uh huh. <laughs> this episode. Yep. We both have seen episode twice, right? Yep. With yep. subs. With subs. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of just going to go important scenes and then mm-hmm. critique what we didn't love. Yeah. And that's going to kind of be this episode. Because I agree yeah. with you. Every other episode, even if things are a little muddled or if mm-hmm. you're kind of like, eh, what's going on with this storyline? Mm-hmm. Everything else is so rich in the writing that, yeah, it's it still leaves so much to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, But this episode definitely felt – like it fell way flat. Yeah. Like I won't quite say – I don't think anything will ever quite be episode 38 of E.K. Oh John. Oh, gosh. Yeah, but pretend that doesn't exist. But like this was pushing that line for Edda for me. Like hashtag oh, wow. not my Edda. Like just because she was such a brat this mm. episode. And like you said, that on top of like speaking out of both sides of her mouth mm-hmm. where it's like – you know, she, you know, is in one hand telling the girls like, oh, I trust Sarah Khan. He would never do that. But I'm like, I why the hell too. are you not telling him you trust him then? Mm-hmm. Like, why can't you tell him that? Yeah. Like, and in the felt, whole – Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, and then like the whole – which, you know, we can get more into this. I kind of – what I basically did was I made like a what I loved, what I didn't, and then stuff in the middle of that. That okay. I was like, okay, I'm glad this was in there, but I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. But I wasn't like, oh, I'm so excited about this. But it was like, oh, this is worth something. Um, sure. Anyways, and one of the things I wrote that I didn't love was that she says she trusts him, but doesn't actually tell him. And then her continual accusations to, to him of him not trusting her were are were just tired. Like, we've been here and you know he trusts you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know he trusts you. So the whole regurgitating of – like, I liked it in the episode whenever that was. I can't quite remember. But when she hands him the drawings she did for Idol – for that other landscape lady. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm sure they're beautiful. And she's like, oh, well, if you're so sure, then just send them on to her. Sure. Okay. I was here for that because yeah. it's it's landscape stuff. Yep. It was not like life or death, um, you know, make or break mm-hmm. uh, bid type of a thing like this week's situation was. And it was pretty early days stuff. Right. In, in regards to to their relationship. Right. So she was kind of testing the waters a little bit. Right. We're past that. We should be past that. Oh, 100%. And this was a much more dire situation that had yeah. no- has nothing to do with trust and has everything to do with 
human error. Like, I trust that you absolutely looked over every single thing, but because you are human, as am I, as is Ingen, Mm -hmm. as is everybody, like, Mm -hmm. let me just be a fresh set of eyes to just make sure. It wasn't a matter of trust, and then, but she made it a matter of trust. And it's like, listen, this is – You've been able to draw the line of personal and professional before. Hello. She was so mad at him after the breakup, but yet she knew he was not the reason for that collapse. And she separated her personal hurt and feelings towards him to prove professionally that he was not at fault for that uh, collapse at, you know, uh, Asle and what's-his-name's house, Emre. And – so to me, I'm like, so we already know you can separate the personal and the professional, and now you but can't? But she's not. Yeah. Right. Yep. And that was a kind of continual thing. And I, I think what bugged me the most about Edda this episode was, first of all, the talking out of both sides of her mouth. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, she says that she trusts Sarkhan. But she was playing such games this yeah. entire episode. Yep. She's talking on the phone with F.A. right in front of Sarkhan mm-hmm. because she knows it'll bug him because she is jealous of right. Balja. But she does. She won't admit it for whatever reason. Even and though then, he's loudly saying, well, that's interesting. Oh, I'm I'm extremely jealous of you. Like, And then the whole thing while they're working at the apartment and she walks up and is all – you know, playful and is totally playing games. Yep. And grabs the coffee back. It's like, okay, you are giving this guy such mixed signals. You're Mm -hmm. playing such games with him. She tells Balja that things are complicated, but then she's clearly in a pissing contest while they're at the restaurant and she's totally making her claim. This definitely isn't what I meant by piss or get off the pot, Edda. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's like she was just being so um what is the word I'm thinking of? Uh like she wanted Fickle? to demonstrate her ownership uh-huh. over Serkan. Right. There's a pr- proprietary. She's being yes. so proprietary but over Serkan and being so blatantly, obviously hating Balja, mm-hmm. which I'm like, okay, here's <laughs> look. I know that Eda is very strong and she will take care of business if she needs to. Yes. And by the end, she was like, yeah, Celine, I'm totally done with you and I'm not going to be nice to you because I know who you mm-hmm. are and what kind of a person you are. But she doesn't technically know Balja. Mm-hmm. And it was a little shocking to me how overtly rude mm-hmm. and – with her eye rolling and just – she just wasn't subtle at all with how she was treating Balja. And I was kind of like, who is this? What is, yeah. what is going on? Yeah. Like, it just felt weird to me. It was weird. And obviously we know Balja's intentions. And so like – Of course. While we know she's very deserving of that attitude. Yes. Um, and I was glad that Edda like saw through it. Like in the opening scene when she's like, oh, look, her earring on the couch. Like, you totally. know, this was a – this is a tactic, right? And by the way, you guys, if you – if there were a drinking game for when the words <laughs> tactic and trust were used uh-huh. in this episode, we'd all be in the hospital with failing livers. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, Those were the two words of this episode. Absolutely. Sure. So, you know, um, but yeah. So on that same line, though, okay, she sees through all of Balja's crap, mm-hmm. but then all of a sudden buys this ex-boyfriend story at the end. Just 
100% buys into it. That made no sense to me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, you saw through all of her stuff from the get-go, but it never occurred to you that she would send her oh herself something or Susie would send something? Sure. From this supposed ex that she's on again, off again with? like, And then Melo just immediately believes Susie too? Yes. Like that yes. they couldn't – that they didn't see her. I mean, right. We, I know. We know. We know that there's some ridiculous stuff in DZ Land. Yes. This stuff was just kind of pushing it for me. Well, and I think because of all the other stuff in the episode, I think we're just less forgiving of it. Sure. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, so like, yeah, so that um, the fact that she, that Edda is being ridiculously hard on him, like, I couldn't even fully enjoy those, like, really awesome Ed Sarah scenes because she like ruined every one of them. Like, and as that, that chair scene should have gone entirely differently. I hated mm. what she said at the end. Like, you know, um, and I actually, like, I actually pulled up, I, I took two definite, I took two sets of screenshots from it because okay. I was like, all right. Cause Express DZ did a way better job. At yes, what at they what did. at what uh, Sarah Khan said. So you know when we get to that chair scene, which at this point you know Edda has gone, and um, this is in the latter ha- part of the episode. But Edda's gone to the set where they're doing the interview that Balja has set up for Sarah Khan in regards to the bid that they're a part of, right? Um, and you know she of course sees right through the whole heel breaking tactic and all that totally. and and god bless melo for being like oh lean on me i'll help you leave like so that she can leave and yes. niche day and edda together like so yes. props to melo there yeah um you know but like after sarkon said what he did when she was like what's it going to take like i've won the bet see because look what she did and he's like no nothing's that clear mhm you know and she's like what the heck is it going to take Mm-hmm. for you to be 100% sure that this girl is after you or yeah. that he, she's like because I'm telling you this girl is going to be declaring her love for you in the next couple days and then Sarah Khan is basically like uh let me tell you and he like grabs the chair that she's sitting in and pulls it very close into his space mm-hmm. like between his legs and he says, for example, basically what he's saying is, this is how I know, this is how I, I know when someone is in love with me. hmm And he says, for example, I have to feel that everything inside of you melts when you look at me. In order not to seem worried, I have to see how you look away. When you try to confront me, I have to understand just how hard your heart is beating. In your breath in your voice, in your scent, and even in your veins, I feel this love. And then she says, and she's like totally mesmerized as he's saying all this. Like she's yeah. just completely being hypnotized by these words. And she's like, Sarkhan. And then he's like, mm-hmm. Also, I must feel everything inside you trembles when you say my name. Okay. That whole thing was like, borderline erotic mm-hmm. and yet she's like she kind of snaps out of it and she's like enough of this at least for me and he's like i just want you to understand edda that i know what i can feel what true love is even a hundred meters away mm-hmm. and then 
And she says, this, "Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I this was the <laughs> this was the whole thing where I'm like, yep. okay, you're telling him this, but behind his back, you're saying that you trust him, mm-hmm. and the girls are teasing her about, uh-huh. you know, oh, Eda, 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 heart, heart, heart. That's what Sarkhan has written on his on his notebook, mm-hmm. and she's like, he says, he gives her this whole speech there." Mm-hmm. All in each other's business. Very intimate. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And she says, well, your feelings are deceiving you. You need to go see a doctor. Uh-huh. And I'm and I'm like, I know you don't even believe that. And like, what a hurtful – like, I could see if she was just like, uh, whoa, this is intense. I'm going to like run away now like a chicken. Mm-hmm. Like, that'd be one thing. But and her saying that, it just seemed – it was – there was no reason. And it was mean and hurtful. Like – And here, here's the thing. I Like, I want to – I want to make sure that – because part of me is like, okay, let me, let me check myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because she was incredibly hurt by his lie. Mm-hmm. It was her parents. This was a big deal. This was a big lie. We understand. But – her actions and her words mm-hmm. to different people are just not lining up. And right. I think that's why it's so confusing mm-hmm. and that's why it just felt so off mm-hmm. because I felt like we were seeing two different Eddas because yeah. then later on they're in the same place and he's like, let's have coffee here. He's like, I wish we could stay here forever. Just being together this, and – I have so uh, much to say about this. Keep going. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, so that we can sit all day and drink coffee together. She's like, wow, will Sarkhan Bolat leave, biz- leave business and just rest all day? Which – Yes. I, well, he's I, done this. Now, how many times with you? And that's the thing. The, <sighs> it was very – so much of this, it was like, this feels more like Edda episode one – because she doesn't know Serkan. Mm-hmm. And because that is the way that Serkan was acting Absolutely. during that time. So it would have made a lot of sense for her mm-hmm. to act that way and for her to be pretty hostile towards him. Mm-hmm. But she's not the same Edda and yeah. they're not in the same spot in their relationship and they know each other really well now. Yeah. So she's like – you know, if you dream about resting all – if you dream about this and just hanging out with me all day, this is definitely not good. And Serkan is like, yeah, well, that was the former Serkan Bolat. But now Serkan Bolat is enjoying life, mm-hmm. <clears throat> as he just explained to Balja in the last episode, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, especially when the woman in front of him is the woman that he loves. Mm-hmm. And – her face when he says that she's so cold looking at him uh-huh. and she says well but i have to go to the office she's like because if i don't finish my business i can't leave early sure okay fine she she has to leave mm-hmm. early mm-hmm. totally understandable it's ifair's birthday they have to get to the ice skating mm-hmm. but the with how clinical she mm-hmm. is being towards him and how cold she's being towards him. I was just really – I was just so confused. I yeah. wasn't even necessarily like, man, this Edda is making me mad. I was right. just like, I don't know who you are right now. Yeah, it just – because it's so confusing. It doesn't make sense. Okay, we have at least two times on camera that he has 
turned his cell phone off when he's with her because he does not want to be interrupted while spending Mm -hmm. time with her. One of those is the beginning of episode 14. And the other one was the end of 21 slash beginning of 22 Mm -hmm. when they were having their dinner or lunch or whatever it was, the meal, the private meal from Chef Alexander. When both times Layla wound up having to call Edda when there was an issue because nobody could get a hold of Serkan. And she's like, why can't they get a hold of you, Serkan? And he's like, I didn't want to be bothered while spending time with you. Mm -hmm. So for her to – it just – again – the writing of this makes no sense yep. that that she would now be so shocked that he does he, that he wants to just spend a chunk of time with her uninterrupted that has mm-hmm. nothing to do with work like we've already seen this like i don't i don't understand why it's happening in episode 23 if it was happening in episode 12 like right after they got together like right after mm-hmm. he had, you know right after he admitted his feelings and all of that I could see that, her being like, whoa. Sure. Like, but this is a man who at, up at, up to this point has bought a house in Italy so that he could live there while you finished school. Yes. Um, was renting an office, like had Layla finding offices for him. Mm-hmm. Um, a man who- Decided to completely renovate one office because she gets claustrophobic. Yes. Yes. Like, and that was even before they were together. Yep. Um, You know, so it's like, this is also the man who spent his entire day going after you when he screwed up and accused you of being in cahoots with Khan. Mm-hmm. And then upon being like, oh, crap, I messed up. Yep. Like, wandered all over the gardens of Istanbul looking for you. Then Neglecting hand- the rest of his work. Yep. Then handcuffed himself to you, took you to a remote location, which sounds very serial killer <laughs> the way I'm describing it. But <laughs> And then you two spent the entire evening together, like, because he wanted to make things right with you. And this was even before you were together. Then since you've been together, I've already listed, you know, the whole buying a place in Italy um, and – wanting you know wanting to spend time with her uninterrupted that morning at the mall and then again with chef like i just was like this that line should not have come out of her mouth after he said that like him saying that line fit but mm -hmm. it was just very confusing even even the terms of the bet because Uh her if she won She's like, you'll leave me alone. Well, okay. I'm like, I was what? like, what? And I'm like, <laughs> do you think any of us for a second believe that you want him to stop chasing you? Because if you did, you would have never created that contract. You would not be still working for FA or anything no. to do with art that connects you to art life. If you were truly fully done with him, you would completely cut ties. Because yep. you could work at the flower shop while you're looking for a different job. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, and so, like, we know that you're doing things to be able to stay in his life because you're, you've erected these walls to, because yep. you think you're protecting your heart. But the fact of the matter is, your heart is way already invested. Mm-hmm. Um, your heart already belongs to this man. Yeah. And so, you're, but you know, I get it. At least fooling yourself into thinking that you're protecting your heart by okay. That's why I was totally fine with the contract when it first came. Oh, totally. Um, yeah, because yeah. I was like, oh, we all know what this is. This is you just 
fooling yourself into thinking you're her protecting your heart. Herself. Exactly. And I think yes. even Sarah Khan knew that, which is why he gladly went along with it. Like, yep. hey, listen, like I if anybody knows about erecting walls around their heart, it's me. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go along with this and do what I need to do so that I can knock them back down. Um yep. so that's why I think he's had no issue going along with it. But the other thing too is these last two episodes and especially this one, she only plays that contract card the second it's convenient where it's like you're not even abiding by it the whole time though. Like even just making that bet with him like right. ha- has not that has nothing to do with the contract. Yeah. Like this is this is again why I really think this was just a filler episode. Mm-hmm. I think it was supposed to kind of be a throwaway because I have a feeling mm-hmm. that Aisha already has plans for the other two wishes mm-hmm. because we saw the one wish yep. and we haven't heard about it again. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, I my assumption would have been that this episode would have been a lot more about the wishes, mm-hmm. but it was fully about the bet. It was fully about the contract that they're trying to get with this company yes. and about Balja trying to weasel her way in. Well, the whole Balja thing, sure, fine. Mm-hmm. I get it. She's a new um, mm-hmm. instigator. Mm-hmm. She's a new conflict in the storyline. Super awesome. I, I really – like, yes, she's irritating because she's trying to squirrel right. away Sarkhan. Yeah. But, like, I have no problem with Balja's character being in the storyline at all. No, I think it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it was just interesting. I'm like, okay, so we were, like, really gung-ho with the wishes, and now they've kind of disappeared. Well, so- I will say this. She did tell him, because he's, like – he does bring them up and she's like uh yeah no i've i've frozen those for now like you basically lost wish privileges okay and he's like okay are they gonna be defrosted anytime soon and she's like maybe in a week so basically Mm. saying the whole the way everything went down with balja like she's basically like yeah i'm revoking your wishes right now okay i'm not going along with that so they did at least but it does it does support your theory of making this a filler episode where there's a reason we're not seeing anything with these other two wishes because I think right. you're right. Aisha has plans for these wishes and mm-hmm. she doesn't want, you know, that a different newer team being the one implementing those into the storyline, which is I think why a lot of the stuff went the way it did. Um mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not excusing it. Um right. but I but but I kind I almost am, I guess, like where I'm like I know. You know what I mean? I'm not excusing yeah. it, but I am um just because it, that's kind of how I feel about this whole mm-hmm. episode. Like it, you know, there was a lot to kind of criticize, and mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, eh, <laughs> yeah. who cares? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And maybe that's I don't know. Maybe that's just hypocritical of me. But at maybe the same- we maybe we're a couple of hypocrites. I don't yeah, know. Maybe we. Um, are. But I think it's knowing too that Aisha's coming back. Right. So it's like. Okay. But then the other part of me is like, okay, I don't want to put like all my eggs in the basket of episode 24. I know. I already because, feel like I am. Because you're not going to – like we've had two episodes now of of this tangled kind of chaos. Right. Um, and f- sprinkled with these like really amazing moments, you know, which just makes it even more confusing. Right. Um, but um, I think knowing that she's coming back, like – we're not – I don't think we should hope and assume everything's going to be completely undone and fixed in 24. Right. But I think it's fair to hope and see that we're going to see that – we're going to see the, the beginnings of it. Like even with right. the – 
even with the fragment today, the second fragment, just the way that um, Edda's looking at Serkan in the in those 47 yeah. seconds already feels way different than the way she totally. was looking at him and acting towards episode. him in the in this episode. Yes. Yeah. So, and again, but you know, our own words never trust a fragment that that could be who knows, maybe the rest of the 2 hours and 27 minutes of those 50 out of those, right. you know, 50 seconds, maybe she'll be looking at him with disgust, you know, right. but um so that's a real possibility. Right. But um you know, I I already feel like just in that fragment I kind of see Okay, like I see there's a shift. Like I see mm-hmm. that it seems like they're going to be a team maybe kind of going against Baba Ane or anyone who's coming for them to to tear them apart. Yeah. Um which is what we want. You know, we want them as a team. Yes. We want them as a team fighting this, like not yes. not on their own each fighting it separately even though they're technically fighting on the same side, you know. Right. Um yeah, that the I mean I guess we're going to talk about this now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But that that fragment, that second fragment, I was – it made me really hopeful that maybe we are transitioning into Mm -hmm. this next era of the relationship Mm -hmm. where maybe not everything is perfectly fine. Sure. And maybe they've still got things that they need to work through. Absolutely. Which, again, is understandable. Mm -hmm. It was a big – big capital i issue yes. that they are dealing with yep um but yes i oh, i really hope that we're transitioning into a ed sarah against the world mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. this was everything that we were like desperately hoping for with john m mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like please give us give us this but we didn't really ever get that and yeah. so if we are able to get that with ed sarah oh my gosh it would be so beautiful because yes mm-hmm. we're still gonna have conflict and there's still gonna be issues yeah that they're working through but if we can just transition to that, oh man, oh man. And I feel like at the, this point in the storyline mm-hmm. and in the number of episodes that we've had, this is the prime time to do yes. that. Yep. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, yeah. Like what was something else? Like let's see. Here's my here's my list. Here, okay. here Here's what I what I loved. <laughs> I what I loved was Loud Sercon continues to reign. Like I love mm. that he's continually, but Again, with without any type of progress or reciprocation on Edda's yeah. part, it's it that needs to change. But Loud Sercon continues to reign. Uh, the tsunami inducing Ed Ser scenes, like mm-hmm. the chair pull, uh, like uh, we didn't talk about it as much, but the whole hair tuck when they're doing the work party at his house and he walks oh over gosh, to where she is and so like cute. tucks her hair behind her ears and he tells um, her how beautiful she is. Yes. Oh and that's that's followed by then that whole coffee thing when she does her mm-hmm. little sultry, goes and is like, Sirkan and grabs the coffee. And then as she's walking away, he's like, wait, that's my coffee. And she's like, I know. <laughs> um like that was really good yes um and then we haven't got to ice skating yet but that and then Mm -hmm. i also loved this was a very tiny part of the episode but i was here for it um federate just flat out telling jaren what he wants and how he feels even though she's like well i still need to think about this um you know but just the fact that i'm like okay we're seeing grown-up conversations and progress with them totally um 
more, of course, Alexander Eifer flirting. And as we saw in the fragment, we're actually going to get to meet him. Yeah. So I'm really excited for where that's going to go. Yep. Um, the whole mystery surrounding Pearl's dad was very intriguing. Yeah. And again, was, yeah, yep. Right. And again, makes me think it's something Aisha's had in mind possibly because all we get here is just this kind of reveal that there's mystery around him. Yes. Without revealing anything. So she can still kind of do with that whatever the heck she wants, you know, because mm-hmm. we don't know who this guy is. So he could be yeah. mafia. He could be Idon's former stable boy. And when he comes to meet everyone, <laughs> like she's like, OMG, it's the, my first love. And like there's a whole rekindling there. I mean, I know that's probably a lot less likely, but uh, right. I would be here for it. Um, the possibility because of Baba Ane's arrival, the possibility of finding out more about Edda's past and childhood. Mm-hmm. Um and because, you know, we've learned a lot about Serkan and there's still a lot we don't know, but we've learned a lot about Serkan and his, but we haven't really learned that much about Edda's. And like the fact that, um, and I'm still, again, I, I'm holding out this sliver of hope that the whole mm-hmm. Baba Ane thing is like, at least from the fragments, is like a false flag. Like, because here's my thing with her. I guess we can dig into her at the moment. Like like maybe it's a misdirect and yes. she's really going to try to use Balja to push Edsair together. Yes. Because I, here's I my thing. I could totally see that too. I'm I could like, see it either way, honestly. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, we know that there's a very real – the reality is that people – sometimes do not learn from their mistakes and continue mm-hmm. to make the same things expecting a different result. And that could be what Baba Ani is doing here. Right. The exact same thing she did to Edda's parents that drove them away, that severed her relationship with her son and then died without – he died without ever getting to repair it, which mm-hmm. then severed the relationship with her daughter and granddaughter. Totally. You know, so you would – I could see her, yeah, being someone who's so like – full of themselves and arrogant that they just know what's best and are going to continue down a path that they've already been down before expecting different results. Right. Or, or Mm -hmm. she could be like, I don't want, I really want to connect back with my daughter. I want to connect back with my granddaughter. I've already lost 20 years with them. I've lost a lifetime with my son because I couldn't accept who he loved. Um, and so part of me is like, I really hope it's a false flag. Like she, like Edda, sees through Balja and is like, oh, she's going to be as manipulative as putty. Like mm-hmm. she's going to be putty in my hands. So I'm just going to direct her to this, this, and this to confirm my suspicions that she is a snake. Yeah. And um, and maybe even testing how much Edda and Serkan really love each other. Like is he going to be – is he willing to sacrifice – a, B, and C for her if this is at stake and is she willing to sacrifice X, Y, and Z for him if if his company or reputation or whatever is at stake. Mm-hmm. Um, just to be like, I want to make sure these two really love each other. Um, right. You know, and, you know, the way my son clearly loved his wife and I right. realized too late. Um, so that's kind of what I'm holding out for. Yeah. Because I'm like – how there's no way you actually think doing this is going to like fix your relationship with your daughter and Edda, right? Like you can't yeah. logically think that. Um, and the way she was like watching when she and Melo were in the house decorating it, getting it ready for FA's client, who obviously we know is Baba Ane, but they do not. Like the way she was kind of standing outside that car and watching, it felt more like wistful and like 
Mm-hmm. It didn't feel so evil, like, ha, 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 I've got her in my grips, you know? No, it didn't. Um, It felt it more felt longing. Like, well, and the whole locked room full of memorabilia and pictures. And creepy dolls. Would- I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I know. I know. So weird. I'm here but- for the photos and the memorabilia, but those mm-hmm. dolls. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, t- to mm-hmm. me, it, it totally – that all, I was like, oh, well, this – makes it seem like Baba Ane has been kind of pining for a relationship Mm -hmm. for her entire life. Right. And has really missed being a grandmother to her and is especially also, also a potential clue Mm -hmm. is the fact that she never sent F.A. after Eda to like Mm -hmm. pursue her. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously F.A. has his own choice in this as well. Right. But – he very well could have been a like potential love interest for mm-hmm. her when he entered the storyline and he never really got to be that. Right. He always seemed to be looking out for her. Mm-hmm. He always seemed to just be like a friend, a buddy for her cuz you know when he first kind of stepped on the scene, we weren't sure how mm-hmm. this was going to go. We weren't sure if he was going to be a full villain, what his deal was. But he really just seemed like a precursor to Baba Ane and he really seemed to want to help her and to help, you know, progress her career and make sure she was all good and all these things. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he was Baba Ane's kind of puppet in this Mm -hmm. whole situation, I feel like if her true intentions were malicious, Mm -hmm. that F.A. would have been a huge clue of that. Yeah, that – yeah, that's kind of – yeah, that makes complete sense. So, and again, maybe we're going to be totally clowned and she really just is continually evil and wants to just be in control of the aspect of everybody's lives. Mm -hmm. Because there is the whole – in the first fragment, you know, she says how there's – she basically has someone for Edda to marry. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, that could be where (laughs) – It could be. It just doesn't make sense to me because she did that to her son and it didn't work and it completely Mm -hmm. severed their relationship and then, again, died before anything could have ever been fixed. Yeah. And then the domino effect of that was losing then her daughter and granddaughter relationships with them. So – I know. It's crazy. I'm like – because I totally could see it going either way. Yeah. And honestly, it would would make sense going either way even if – even if I really am hoping for it to go the way I want it to go. Again, because – you know, the reality is some people just don't learn and they just continue to be narcissistic control freaks who mm-hmm. think they know what's best and that they know better than everyone else and mm-hmm. that, you know, they like to manipulate and gaslight and yeah all this other stuff. And that could honestly just be who Baba Ane is. Um, sure. You know. So, yeah. Either way, I'm glad she's finally here. Yes. I am very curious no matter what happens to see where this goes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that was the one that was a highlight of this episode was her revelation that we, mm-hmm. she's arrived. She's an actual human person who is here, not just this <laughs> idea that's constantly talked to or yeah. talked about um, or referred to. So yeah, I also liked because again, Balja being our typical type of villain – you know, mm-hmm. now she has set out to sabotage the trust between Serkan and Edda because she sees how much Serkan respects and trusts Edda. Mm-hmm. And so as they're looking for this landscaping firm um, that they can partner with for this bid on this big project. Right. Because the firm that they normally would use dropped out for whatever reason. 
Yeah. Ed has kind of been tasked with making like the short list of, you know, of, of new options. Of new options. Yeah. And, you know, we did see a little bit of Sercon already kind of like when they were doing the work party at the house, him being a little bit Sercon about it, which yes. I actually appreciated because, uh-huh. you know, again, yeah, we don't want him to completely lose who he is. And so his right. whole like, his whole like, uh, hey, I see that names on the list, but in the past they haven't met our criteria. So, and she's like, listen, Sercon, like, I know mm-hmm. I'm going through everything. I'm checking all of this. I will have a list for you. Like, and I liked that inter- – I did uh, like that interaction. I did like that he was kind of like, oh, like a little bit of the control freak was coming out in him of like, hey, they've never made it on our lists before. Why are they on the list right now? And she's like, right. listen, I'm going through this meticulously. I've got this. I will have a final list to you. Like, please let me do my job. Right. Totally here for that. So anyways, what it comes down to is Edda picks who she thinks the final person should be based on this list. And uh, – but they're – you know, they have a third party like uh, investigative company kind of a thing who right. kind of audits and sends a report. Well, that report has, you know, the history of some of their financial issues where they have had um, like legal financial troubles, yes. um, yeah. whether it's been with fraud or whatever. It, it doesn't fully explain it, but it's not good. Right. Well, yeah. Balja removes that entirely from the report, yep. which P.S., by the way, <laughs> I know. Can I, can the can the public relations employees of this company like stop, stop actually trying to sabotage the entire it? company? Yeah. The second she did that, I was like, "Girl, are you for real? Like, uh-huh. this is your livelihood too. If they, uh-huh. <laughs> they you screw yeah. up the company, yep, you're gonna be without a job. Yep. Are you serious right now? Yep. And the jobs of all these, you're not just ruining edda you're hurting sircon and every employee that works here and but, herself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whatever so anyway she removes this information um from the report before edda sees it so that mm-hmm. edda will see this report and be like oh look at everything's clean about them i was right they're the right choice we're going to partner with them but then of course then they're going to put that bid in for the job right and then it will be discovered when the clients who are going through deciding who to hire also do research Mm -hmm. uh they will see that this company has like a criminal history and be like yeah we're not hiring that firm because they're working with a company that they didn't even do research good enough on so that's obviously the whole plan there and then of course it will sever the trust with sarah and edda because sarah will be like edda you chose them you didn't let me double check it blah 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 yeah so we see where this is going what i did appreciate and also kind of (laughs) didn't um was that this didn't go the route it was leading because at oh, the end, didn't? you didn't appreciate that. I did, and here's okay. I did mostly, and I tiny bit didn't, and here's why. Okay, okay. I loved that it was like, oh look, it didn't go the typical villain route where everything was gonna explode. It was all leading to oh, this. Okay, because as it as it um as it turned out, uh, Edda did double check her own work. Yep, she does and, her due diligence. Yep, yep, and did um. And did discover that they had those financial, criminal, legal issues. Mm-hmm. And so they wound up not submitting with that firm. They picked a different firm who did not have those issues um, mm-hmm. when they submitted their bid, which wound up leading to them winning the bid. Mm. What I didn't love about it was that it kind of reaffirmed her attitude with Sarah earlier that he doesn't need to double check her work. Okay. And I didn't love that just because it's like, yes, she did. I'm glad she double checked it. And I'm glad that despite her 
whole like, you need to trust me, blah, blah, blah. She didn't just flippantly submit that company, but she clearly went back and did the research, double checked even, you know, that report because she found the financial issues. But (laughs) I just feel like it maybe justified her attitude with Sarkhan about it. And I just didn't love – I didn't love that part of it because it was like, this is a professional thing. This isn't personal. He does need to be able to, as your boss, be like, let's double check this, like, just to be safe. Not because I don't trust you, but because a second set of eyes is always going to be great for stuff like this. Um, but other than that, I did love that it didn't go the route that it was supposed to with the whole they're going to lose the bid, Balja severs the trust between them. I did love that that's not the way it went. Yeah, yeah, I guess that didn't seem as much of a big deal to me just because it – I, yeah, I guess that just didn't seem as much of a big deal to me because she fair. didn't seem like she was gloating or anything. No, she wasn't. Like she was happy that everything worked out as everybody else was. Mm-hmm. If she had like said something to Sir Khan or if she had made a remark, that would be a totally different story. Yeah, but, that's um, true. The fact that – what I appreciated about all of Balja's – little interminglings and everything that she was trying to do this episode obviously you know that's it's all meant to kind of aggravate us mm-hmm. as the viewers and to frustrate us and we don't want her getting between uh edda and Sarkhan. Right. but to me i'm kind of really loving mm-hmm. <laughs> having bulja as kind of a hostile invader and a, and a potential way to stir things up between the two of them. I mm-hmm. think that she'll be a really good catalyst for their story to move forward. And I felt like she was seeing their relationship more clearly than Eda in this situation mm-hmm. and throughout this whole episode because she kept talking about how much Serkan trusts her, how mm-hmm. much Serkan clearly appreciates her. When she saw them together, she was telling Susie that it hurt her because they clearly have feelings for each other. And I was like, Balja's the only one who sees the light in this episode. <laughs> Like, she is speaking truth about Serkan and how he treats her, how he acts towards her. That's She's true. all shocked that he didn't even double check anything. And he's like, yeah, no, I trust her. And she's like, wow, I'm up against something really big here. It yeah. was just really f- ironic to me because Edda was kind of acting crazy. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know what's going on with her this episode. <laughs> I don't know who this girl is like she just yeah. is really confused herself i guess mm-hmm. i don't know what's going on but then bulge is like wow sarkhan trusts edda so much that's <laughs> and true saying all of these things it was just kind of funny like yeah she was the one who seemed to have the really big perfect picture of their relationship of throughout this whole episode that's so it True was just, and interesting. Yeah, because she knew that she by herself is not going to be able to get between them. Right. She was going to have to manufacture something mm-hmm. so that Serkan would suddenly lose his trust in Edda. Because yeah. as it was, their, the way that their relationship works, nothing that Edda is going to do is going to make Serkan be like, I'm so done with her. I don't mm-hmm. trust her anymore. I don't love her anymore. And Balja has known them for like 48 hours and she already sees this. Yeah. So it was just really interesting to me. And I actually really liked that. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was super ironic that here she comes, this interloper who is meant to split them apart. And she's the one who really sees 
the truth of their relationship. She was well, yeah, like the I mean, hanging of the situation where she knows the truth about everything. Yeah. I mean, she even – that reminds me how she says to Susie, like, there's an invisible connection between them. Yeah, And I love that line so much because it calls back to Sarah Khan telling Edda in episode 13 that there's these invisible handcuffs between mm-hmm. them that you can't get rid of me even if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, And, you know, like, I'm not going nowhere. I can't be away from you. I can't leave you. So I love – yeah, you're right. She totally saw that. And you know what? Now that I've been, like, thinking about it for a couple minutes, too, with that whole uh, Edda double-checking thing, the flip side of that is, yeah, maybe it could have justified in her head her attitude towards him with the whole you need to trust me. Or it could have taught her, like, crap, if I hadn't double-checked that, I would have submitted this company – so had I let him double check this with me mm-hmm. when he wanted to, we would have caught this. But I guess it's a good thing that I thought to double check it. So maybe it'll cause her to be like, next time he wants to double check something, we can sit down and double check it. It'll have nothing to do with trusting me or not. Right. Um, totally. So there is that. But yeah. yeah, like, and you know, a couple of things I loved that were, I did like this because it felt very um, like Edda I know and love mm-hmm. was when they're at lunch and um, not that whole scene entirely because, again, I, I think what fell flat, too, with all this Edda jealousy is that it wasn't – because I've been wanting, like, jealous Edda to, like but – yes. le- but leading to her, like, claiming her man, which she hasn't done. Mm-hmm. And also, I wanted it to feel like episode four, Drain the Pool, Sarakon energy, mm-hmm. where you're, like, cracking up that it's, like – well, it's even- just this funny jealousy. It's not this, like – even Sarkon had funny jealousy this episode when she's mm-hmm. on the phone with F.A. and he's like, oh, well, you know, what are you going to talk to him about? She's like, oh, I'll talk to him later. And then later on, he's like, well, why don't we have coffee? And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, I have to call. Remember, I have to talk to F.A. We have stuff we have to talk about. Mm-hmm. He's like, come on, just stay. We'll have we'll have a cup of coffee and we'll talk. She's like, all right, I'll send a message to F.A. And he goes, no, no emoticons. No, <laughs> okay, so that is like a whole – Part of a lot of us are like, okay, is that some Han care in there? Because those two basically communicate in emojis on Instagram. Okay. Well. So we're like, hmm. Are mm-hmm. you- <laughs> um, but so not necessarily the whole lunch scene as a whole because she's like kicking Sarkon every two seconds every time Balja says or does something. like Says anything. <laughs> yeah. But I did love when Balja's like, Edda, are you Okay. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just really full. I ate a lot of pizza last <laughs> night. I did love that because <laughs> clearly she's like, yeah, the pizza you ordered so that you could eat with him. Uh-huh. Like, I ate it even though she really didn't because she left, you right. know, stormed out of there. But right, I loved that. Well, um, and I loved that she gave the earring back to her the next day and was mm-hmm. like, by the way, here's your earring and her and Mello's little thing. So, like, I wasn't mad at all of the jealousy. No, I loved I loved those forms, the jealousy, because the same thing like when she breaks the heel and how she and Melo were talking right in front of her, like, oh, well, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you never know when a heel's going to break on a shoe and blah, 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 where they're very clearly being like, we're on to you. Um, yeah, I liked all of that. And, like, even when um, I kind of liked how when Edda was telling Sarkhan after Balja left the lunch thing and she's mm-hmm. like, hello, she looked right at you when she was referring to love. And he's like, Edda, there's only two of us sitting here. Where was she supposed to look at the salt shaker? <laughs> like, I loved that whole thing. I thought yes. that was really funny. Um, like, 
so like I did really enjoy those um those little goofy yes. comedic moments. Yes. Um it's just that they were overrun by so many more don't make sense moments. Um mm-hmm. or this is like Edda volume, you know, 10 episodes ago or whatever mm-hmm. or like we've already proven this and now you're back to this like mm-hmm. um you know which again I think just supports our theory that these were like two filler episodes to get us to 24 because you know fingers crossed Aisha has an amazing plan um you know so uh yeah like I'm trying to think what other stuff like popped out to me I did love I know we kind of touched on it but just the whole um Ifair and Alexander like all that pro- like him sending her a gift to unbox he sent her a chef yes. knife with a note being like I wonder what other amazing things you'll make with this um yes. so just that whole continual like flirting back and forth the commentary back and forth on social media that Fifi's kind of helping her navigate so I'm very glad to see that something's going to come of that next week since we I can only you know I can only assume that guy who's like who says hello to her is, mm-hmm. you know, Chef Alexander. And yes. um, so I did enjoy that. Um, but like everything else just was. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's funny because I don't want to paint it like, oh, I hated this episode so much because that definitely is not the case. It's not. It's really not. I, I can genuinely say so far there is not an episode out of these 23 that I've aired that I'm like, I hate this. I mean, right. I likely won't rewatch this one in its entirety. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, like I haven't full on hated an episode. Um no, me either. So far. Yeah. Because regardless of this being kind of stagnant and almost feeling like we're kind of treading water instead of like swimming towards something. Right. Um like we're still we're still headed somewhere thank goodness like yeah it's just that they almost kind of had to push the pause button for a while they just they just kind of missed the mark in pushing it because you know we just got to see some very uncharacteristic stuff from Mm -hmm. um, and you know stuff that just didn't make sense with with who she is you know she's supposed to be this person with this like great outlook she's you know I mean how when was it episode 14 that Sarah Khan was like, your angelic behavior drives me crazy sometimes. Like, you're so right. good and you're so this. Like, and I just didn't – we haven't seen any of that. And so, like, right. you know, I miss I miss that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's go, – go ahead, go ahead. No, no. Well, you know, so uh, – yeah. I feel like I don't know how to, like, eloquently, like, No, I, <laughs> I this, get it. But- I get it, too. Yeah, because that's how I feel. I because on on the one hand, I'm like, fine, it's it's a filler episode, no big deal. It wasn't great, but we did have some really good moments. On the other hand, I was like, you know, feeling very confused by mm-hmm. Edda and how she was acting because she says that she trusts Sarah Khan, and then they have these really heated moments. Mm-hmm. They have the whole scene, the whole ice skating scene. I felt like she was being very, um, yeah, okay, a lot so more forthright. I yes. guess we haven't talked about this. Scene. No, so basically, you know, she's surprising. I fair. Here's there. There were a couple things that were kind of like, uh, this doesn't actually make sense. But I was kind of like, whatever, I'll let it go. Oh, with her inviting everybody that I fair doesn't like and yes. want to see anymore. <laughs> yes. Well, like, and then the fact that she 
Okay, Sarah Khan basically invited himself. So I understood mm-hmm. why he was there. Sure. <clears throat> but even the way she presented him was like, I know you're scared, but look who won't let you fall if you do. I know. And yeah. she's like, oh, yay. And I'm like, but you don't like Sarkhan. Like, I why know. would you be happy that he's the one there to catch you if you fall? And also. she had just been so frustrated. Yes. With that whole, when Erdem comes over and Erdem men- mentions that they're working at Sarkhan's house. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, I have to leave. Oh, I have to. And she does that twice during that scene. Right. And then he shows up to her surprise birthday party. Yes. And she's like, oh, hi. Yeah, you're <laughs> here. And then she's like, I, Don and Safie are here. Where I was kind of like, wait, why are you happy about that? <laughs> well, and then the fact that Sarkhan doesn't like teach her how to skate. He just no. keeps grabbing Edda and skating uh-huh. with her, which I love. But I was like, you're not, you're not there to catch Ifair. It's like it's Safi and Idon who are like trying to help her. And mm-hmm. she also had said not how many scenes earlier to Idon, like, no, we're not family. I don't consider us family. I'm actually doing everything I can to separate our two families. Yes. But surprise, we're at your party. <laughs> yeah. So that was like. Okay. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, we got some cuteness because, you know, mm-hmm. Seracon skates right up and just snags Edda away from yes. Melo. Um, and it's adorable. But, yep. and then, but then again, this was like iFair's birthday surprise, but then it's like Edda and Seracon who wind up all alone on the ice skating rink, uh-huh. which I again know. brought us some beautiful moments, but I'm like, <laughs> But this is Ifair's birthday. Yes. Like, where is everybody else? Why is she not with her aunt on her birthday? Yes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, they're talking. She's like, what are we going to do when we go to Paris? And she's kind of trying to convince him, you know, Mm -hmm. we don't have to go to Paris. We could just eat on the waterfront here. You don't have to take me there. And he is like, no, I want to take you because this is something that they agree. He's like, this was the bet. This mm-hmm. is, these were the terms. So I'm going to take you to Paris for dinner. Yes. So she's like, okay, what will we do? So he has this whole thing. He's like, yes, we'll have a wonderful, we'll act like tourists. We'll have a wonderful tourist trip. We'll climb the Eiffel Tower. Then we'll visit the best cake and pastry shops. Mm-hmm. We'll dine in restaurants and then we'll eat over the Seine. And he's like, we'll see the Pont des Arts and we'll see the Bridge of Lovers. And they're getting all close because – Yes. They're like holding hands and facing each other on the ice this whole time. Like, Yeah. They're it, they're being very – Lovey-dovey. And lovey-dovey. Uh-huh. So this, again, I was kind of like, oh, I guess we're here now. Like <laughs> – after this whole episode, uh-huh. and it's like, if I win the bet, you're gonna leave me alone. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then she's, she's like, "That's my only. This is my little sliver of okay. I'll excuse her totally buying into Balja's ex theory because the way she so quickly goes in there to admit defeat to Serkan that he won the bet. Granted, she does it a little begrudgingly, but she." does tell him you won because i'm like yeah because you don't actually want him to stop pursuing you mm-hmm. and you don't want to win because then yes. that means he will leave you alone even though part of me was like i kind of think you deserve it at this point i think you deserve him to be like okay look i have been as loud and obvious as possible so yeah. you know what i am gonna leave you alone yeah because clearly i'm not what you want so like because i think it would serve her right and i think she'd very quickly realize 
that sh- that's not what she wanted. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. So back on the ice, them being all no, lovey that's, dovey. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, just just so funny. Um, he's like, so okay. I, I don't know if you got a couple different translations. Mm-hmm. They're talking about being worried. Do they mean nervous? That's what I was wondering. Is like okay. Is that it was like nervous, and you know what? I didn't even think to ask Miriam last night because okay. I just I just wanted to finish this episode. <laughs> sure. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> so I wasn't like texting her like I normally would be, being like, "Hey, wait, what was this really saying?" Right, because he's like, but of course, none of this worries mo- me so much because he had mentioned something about being worried, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, okay, the logical translation for that to me mm-hmm. would be nervous. Yeah. Like, he's gone to Paris before, but he's never been nervous before. Right. And now he's suddenly nervous to go. Uh-huh. So to me, th- I, that's kind of what I was reading this as. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, what's making you nervous? Mm-hmm. And he says, getting lost with you in Montmartre. And she's like, you won't get lost. You can't get lost anywhere. It seems to me that you have a map of the places where you're going all in your head. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, yes, you're right, but I've never – driven before i thought that or like i've never like he's never been to there to mont whatever you whatever you just called that place Montmartre. i'm thinking like yeah he's been to paris but he hasn't been to that specific destination okay okay that's how i took it Mm -hmm. okay so um and she asks him why and sercon being straight sercon again very forthright he says well i gave myself I promised myself, I promised myself that I would only go there with a girl that I really love, and that's you. And, and then she's like, <laughs> huh, suddenly it's really hot, and he's like, we're standing on ice in the freezing cold. Okay, stinking adorable moment. I'm going to rain on it just a little bit because I I love loud Zircon. Uh-huh. I don't see past Sercon being like, I told myself I'd only go to a place like this with a woman I love because Sercon was like not about love, not thinking he deserved love, not sure. even being like in legit, like committed relationships. Like, you know what I mean? His relationship with uh, uh, Celine, like for the three years they were together, he was always very distant. Oh, clearly, like love was not like the the thing for him. Mm-hmm. So. And as far as we knew about him, like, he wasn't – that's just not something he thought he was capable of. He didn't – he kept people at arm's length. So mm-hmm. for past Sercon to be like, oh, yeah, I told myself I would only ever go there with someone that I love doesn't seem super likely. Sure. But – I'll I'll, I'll – I will accept that, that. But for the moment, it was adorable. Like, right. um, yeah. you know, so I – I think I it would have felt more Sercon if he was like, you know, because people only go there with people that they truly are in love with. And mm. until now, that's not something I ever thought would be for me. And now sure. that it is, I want to go there with you. That would have felt more Sercon Bolat to me. Right. But again, it's like I don't want to ruin the few no, like, I, adorably I sweet it. moments we got, but I was kind of like – Oh, that doesn't seem like something past Sercon would have said. Like, right. like to himself, like, one I, day I'm going to go there with a the woman I love. Like, it just, I don't know. It just, it didn't see. I think Zuzu agrees with me. She's growling. Um, 
yeah so that was just me um and again no i get it i and maybe that's the thing that is the i guess if we want to boil it down to mm-hmm. what the what we would call the frustration factor was for this uh-huh. episode i would probably say for both of us it was character inconsistencies yes yep absolutely so, mostly with edda but sure, this to me seems like a character inconsistency, mm-hmm. which is so funny because neither of us were like, Serkan letting Balja in did not feel like a character inconsistency it to didn't, either of us. But a lot of people did Even though it did, did think, to a lot of other people. Yes. You know, again, which is <laughs> it, art. This is art. It's right. very, very subjective. Um, and this is proof of that because maybe, maybe everyone else um, will be like, Oh, see, I didn't even think that about Sarkon saying that. Right. Um, or they really liked this episode and yes. none of it felt off to them at all. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that I I will say though, I did love the beginning of that conversation when mm-hmm. he's like skating and all this stuff and she's like, you know, I haven't laughed this much in so long. Which again, I loved her saying that, but again, it felt yes. inconsistent with the Edda of this episode. Totally. It felt Edda. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah. But it not was the like, way she was acting this whole rest yes, of the episode. Like this, I was like, okay, like I could see this Edda saying that, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, and so they, they kind of have their this little flirtation and stuff and she's like, okay, stop showing off. Like, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, because I think he says something like, it's always this way, like when I'm with you or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, uh-huh. And when I'm not there. And he says, you're always there. Mm-hmm. And he says, and you always will be. Yeah. And that felt very Sarkon because very. this is how he's been as far as she is since he confessed his feelings. Like in 12 when they're driving back to her house at the very beginning and he's like, like let's, there's, there's literally nothing and nobody else when you're there. Like mm-hmm. where there's you, there is nobody else. So yep. this felt very Sarkon. Um, and then – that's when they kind of get into the whole – she tries to convince him to do the whole, maybe we should just eat fish sandwiches at the waterfront. Right. Um, and he's like, no, no, we're flying to Paris. And um, and then they have that whole conversation. And then – but she um, – so after he talks about, you know, I, I'm going to go there with the woman I love, um, and she just kind of is looking at him and it's like this kind of dazed moment and she says the whole like oh suddenly it got really hot and he's like we're literally on ice edda what are you talking about <laughs> and she's like and the new year is coming we're just we've just we've been discussing paris and she's like well now i'm worried about paris too and um and she says i was suddenly worried when i heard something in or maybe nervous uh when i mm-hmm. heard something in french from you but then she says say something else <laughs> and he's like okay for example what do you want me to say and she's like i don't know just say anything else and he says mhm he says mon amour je t'aime and then <laughs> And she's like, I she's like, I understand what you said. Like <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, because love has no language. And yeah. then she's like, uh, maybe don't speak French anymore. <laughs> and and I, then she's like, Maybe we should leave. Everybody else is gone already. <laughs> uh-huh. And he laughs because he knows it's that it's making her all nervous flustered, and fluttery and flustered. All yeah. Worried. <laughs> Yes. And but it's funny because then he's like, should we go, I guess, then? 
And um, but then they wind up having this whole adorable montage because the snow machine starts or maybe it was supposed mm-hmm. to actually be snow. Um, I think it was supposed to be real snow. Oh, OK. <laughs> so but so they wind up skating and just like having this whole adorable montage to this song and um, like holding hands and almost like a dance, you know, but on ice. Yes. And. You know, then they come back together and he, like, brushes snowflakes from her eyelashes and, like, brushes her cheek with those peaky boy gloves of his. And Mm -hmm. it's very sweet. So, like, it ends on a – that whole scene ends on a very adorable note. Um, Mm -hmm. And I will say this, again, giving me hope for the next episode. The next day when they're all at the office, right? Because that's kind of what – well, we have, like, Pirtle's mystery meeting with her dad. But – the next morning at right. the office, Serkan's like in a good mood. He's feeling like everything's going to be, you know, everything's just going to fall into place. Yeah, he's and, the one calming Angin down again. Yeah, well, and he like Angin sends is like I can't find Pearl, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and he's like everything's going to be fine. We will win the tender. Mm-hmm. I'll take Edda to Paris. Our relationship will improve, and everything will be fine. You're going to marry Pearl, Mister Op. He's Mister Optimism. Yes, which again technically is you know not Serkombolat, but it is this Serkombolat. Like it's the Serkombolat mm-hmm. we've been seeing you know, grow and morph and evolve. So I yes. loved that. Um, and then, you know, so he has sent Farid off to basically monitor it because he wants him to ha- get the news the second they choose, you know, um, yeah. who wins the bid. And yeah. so he's off doing that. Edda is out in the outer part of the office with the girls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're kind of chatting about Paris and all that. And, of course, Melo is like totally me. You know, she's just – you know, super excited um, and telling her, you know, to listen to her heart, like, mm-hmm. and Jaren's kind of encouraging her to do the same thing. Like, listen, like, he planned this whole trip to Paris for you. Yep. Like, he loves you. He, all this stuff, like, he's, I bet he's even going to take you to the Bridge of Lovers. And she's like, he actually said he was going to take me there and stuff. And she said something along the lines of, and I didn't take exact screens, but you know, she basically says, you know mm-hmm. what? Because she was all nervous about it, like wasn't yes. sure. But then after well, the girls. she had a bad feeling. Yeah. Which she, I think is because of Baba Baba Ane. Ane me too. Mm-hmm. She has this premonition. Yes. And the girls are like, well, listen, you know, and they basically talk sense into her about like, this is you and Sirkon. How clear has he been? How's, you know, kind of all the stuff we would probably be saying to her. And they're both very excited. And they're both yes. very excited for her, which yes. again, I thought was a great sign. Yes. And, you know, and so she's like, okay, you know what? Like. I won't credit all of this to you, like, but... But I feel less worried, something like that. Yes, I feel a lot better about it. And you know what? I'm going to cross out the past and open up a new page Yep, in Paris. And so to me, I think that was her finally being like, okay, I'm done with all this stuff that happened before, and mm-hmm. I'm going to let a new page open up for me and Serkan. Yep. Like, that's how I took it. Um. So, like, that she was heading into this trip, meaning it's going to be, like, a fresh start for them. hmm So, of course, that makes us happy. But then, you know, Farid comes back. It's all dramatic and super slow-mo staring of, you know, typical DZ stuff. I always think of EK, the end of EK14, because that was, like, such an – it was, like, three straight minutes of everyone staring <laughs> back and forth at each other before the episode <laughs> ended. So um, – and we kind of have a moment like that because Farid walks in and everyone's, like, staring at him and he's, like, all – basically, they won. They won the bid. Which, yeah, yeah. Which then shocks Balja, which that's when we get the whole revelation of the fact that her whole plan didn't work, yada, yada. Right. Um, and 
that Ed had double checked everything. But then Layla comes in and is like, oh, Effie's partner's here. And Sarkhan's like, okay, bring him in. I've been waiting to meet this man. And she's like, actually, it's not a man. It's a woman. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, all right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, this partner walks in and she's like, semi hahanam, like, yeah. here she is. And then you see Edda's face fall because only Edda knows who this person is. Right. Everyone else is just kind of like, okay, hey, like, hi. Like, Sarkhan well, even, even kind of like waves, like, hello, because he just notices like the staring. Of- well, yeah, she doesn't look at anybody else. She zeroes in on Edda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everybody else was just like, oh, okay, let's meet the partner. Pearl was funny because she's like, did you hear that? It's a woman. Did you hear that? Yes. I love because that's totally Pearl. I did appreciate that. Like, Yeah. But yeah, we get, then we get the big reveal. And then after she says Baba Ane, Sarkhan is like, what? What? <laughs> like, Baba Ane. Yeah. So obviously that's where next week we'll start mm-hmm. and we'll see the drama that ensues. Yep. So um, again, at least we we got story progress in the sense that, okay, Baba Ane's here. We've all mm-hmm. been waiting for that. They finally cast her. This is great. Um, and yeah, so that's obviously going to be a big central part of – the episode this coming week, right. which, you know, is to be expected because um, it's – even though we only have like a one-week break instead of three or four, which I think that poor cast and crew deserves a nice three or four-week break. But I know technically we're still going on winter hiatus. So I think we all need to calibrate our expectations that the ending will be cliffhangery, that we might not get any official like – uh solid resolution resolution to whatever the plot is because i feel like mm-hmm. they're they're gonna have to do something to like have a hook for you know to come back in two weeks so yeah i don't necessarily expect that it's gonna end on this like beautiful amazing like ed Sarah kiss uh type of reunion um just because that's not very cliffhangery yeah the whole end the whole last 15 minutes though made me hopeful because of how because of the things we just talked about Mm -hmm. how optimistic Sarkon was and his whole thing about forgetting the past because that really has been the crux of what she needs to do Mm -hmm. in order for her and Sarkon to get back together and to be able to start again right and to start afresh with each other yeah specifically so yeah yeah she needs to forgive the the poor decision he made that he thought was the right one in the moment. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. So she needs to all, forgive that. All of that seems like a good, hopeful way to end this episode mm-hmm. for no matter how disjointed it all was with Edda's actions and everything. At least to me, I was like, okay, they this seemed purposeful to me, the way that they ended it all. Yeah. And the way that it's like, okay, it, it almost felt like the last 15 minutes were – the most work that the whole episode did yeah. because of the ice yeah. skating, because of how they both are the next day, mm-hmm. because of how Melo and Jaren are to her, because of the fact that they won the tender and uh, Serkan's trust in Edda was proven, yeah. because of the fact that we meet Baba Ane, because of the fact that we see Pearl meet her dad. It was like all of the big plot stuff was at, right at the end, right? You're right. Minutes. You're totally right. That so, is so true. So at least that where it all ended off, yeah, to me it felt like 
it was really setting 24 up. Mm -hmm. I feel like 24 will be a big movement episode. Yeah. Even if it isn't a full resolution, like like you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, we're going to get some big plot moves and some big moving forward, which I am ready for personally. Yeah, me too. Well, I mean, and yeah, I mean, again, fragments, can't fully trust them. So Mm-mm. I'm not investing everything in that. But like, especially this one, like Edda in a bathtub and Sarkon just like standing next to the bathtub. I'm like, <laughs> okay, what led to that? Like, um, you know, and it could be something as simple as she's literally just like, he just happened to stumble in – it's not like, you know, uh, the next morning after they, like, spent the night together or anything like that. Sure. But, um, but still, like, stuff like that where I'm like, oh, my gosh, okay, I have to see, like, how this happened. You know, the fact that, like, in the first fragment, how grandma's like, well, the life the life of the Bolots is in your hands kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm curious, like, okay, what exactly led to that? And then in fragment two, Edda being like, bring it, basically. Like – well, and I almost kind of hope that Babane is a villain in the sense that if she is straight up threatening the Bolats to mm-hmm. Eda, Eda is going to choose the Bolats. Oh, period. absolutely. 100%. So if this is the kind of rising action to get her to move and to mm-hmm. make a decision and to act, then I am all here for it. And so, I am totally behind Baba Ane being 100% villain. Like, right. I'm if that's, happy right. either way. <laughs> if that's – yes, if that's going to be the result. Yeah. Um, or, you know, again, it could be um, – it could be a mixture of the two, whereas I'm like, I'm holding out mm. hope that this is a false flag and it's – but if she's a villain, maybe she really – maybe she really is a villain right now. But then when she sees their level of dedication and love for one another, like – Oh, I was clearly very wrong about whatever I thought this mm-hmm. was. And yeah. I now realize if I continue this way, I'm going to make the same mistakes I did with my son. Right. And then we see, you know, um, a shift in her as well. Right. Um, it's funny because even though this is it's clearly not how I want it to – how I want this to end, but I immediately thought of after the first fragment last week mm-hmm. – and maybe even more so with this one. I immediately thought of, and if you guys are Gilmore Girls fans, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. But there's an episode of The Twilight Zone called The Long Morrow. Mm-hmm. And there's an episode of Gilmore Girls by the same title. And um, and basically, this episode of The Twilight Zone is this man who's like uh i don't know what his official he's like a like an astronaut but like scientisty kind of thing because mm-hmm. he basically has to go to he's gonna head to space he's on a mission in like three days right he's gonna go to space he's gonna live there for like decades so he's going while he's living there he'll be in suspended animation so that mm-hmm. he doesn't age um right. and um that way when he comes back to earth he'll be the same age he was when he left and not like a crippled old man who missed out on all of his life while doing this mission Right. Well, while he's – before he leaves, he meets and falls in love with this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and is And she's like – they're all sad when they, of course, are parting because – Because she's going to age. Because she's going to age. he won't. Yeah. Even if he won't. Like, sh- by the time he gets back, she'll be this old, old woman mm-hmm. who's lived an entire life since he's been gone. And so mm-hmm. – but so they kind of have this, like, sweet, sad goodbye. Well – unbeknownst to either one of them which this is incredibly romantic but also depressing um 
they each make a sacrifice for the other. He decides while he's in space, he's not going to live in suspended animation. He is just going to let himself right. age, even if it means coming back an old man. But then he can be an old man with her for whatever, you know, um, as an old woman uh, with for the rest of whatever their lives, you know, are. Well, she basically sacrifices her life on Earth and like puts herself in suspended anim- in this like suspended animation tube so that it pauses her age so that when right. he comes back the same age he was when he left in like 70 years she will also be young. Right. Well, they each did that for the other without one of them knowing. So when he comes back, he's this really old man and she's still and she's this young. very young woman. So the results were exactly the same. <laughs> but the fact that, like but the fact remains like they each made that sacrifice for the other. Right. Right. So it was like this whole true love. So I immediately thought that Edda and Sarah Khan are going to be in a situation like that where whatever Baba Ane is up to, like Sarah Khan's going to be like, oh, I don't care. I'll walk away from all of this. Like I'll give up. I'll give oh, up. I'll okay. give up the holding. I'll give up art life. I'll give up all of this. I won't let anything hurt Edda. But Edda will do something to like save the business. Right. Because it's she like- doesn't want to hurt him. Like, and almost like whatever sacrifices they make have the potential to cancel the other one out. Right. But because this is a DZ and it is at heart a rom-com despite despite the angst and drama that lives within it, we know we're going to get an HEA. So we're not going to fully have an ending like that episode of The Twilight Zone where it's like, oh, crap, we each made this lovely sacrifice, but we still can't be together because I'm like 20 and you're like 90. Right. Um, It's like the gift of the Magi, how it's like a – a young married couple and they don't have any money to buy each other Christmas presents because yeah. they're like a newlywed couple. Mm-hmm. So she chops off all her hair and sells her hair so she can buy him a fob for his watch mm-hmm. and he sells his watch so that he can buy her combs, combs. for her hair. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I feel like that's like what we're headed towards is this it's going to come to this like culmination yeah. of a sacrifice they each are going to have to make for the other one in hmm. order to, quote, save them. But obviously, in in these senses, I think there will be communication or some type of revelation that um, leads to them not, not both making a sacrifice that's going to cancel the others out. Right. But I think we're going to be led to a point where that's what it's going to look like is um, hmm. going to happen. That's just what I think. Hmm. Like – you know, she's going to agree to, like, go meet with this dude she wants – that grandma wants her to marry or something. Or she will agree to marry him if it means that it saves Serkan and Idon. But, of course, Serkan's going to be like, oh, hell no, you're not marrying anybody All else. Right. Like, I will – stinking – I will go on air myself and admit what – because my guess is she's going to threaten to go public with the news of – what killed her parents. That seems the most logical thing because of her connection to it yep. and because of how upset she was when she mm-hmm. found out that they were indeed um, to blame for that right. situation. Right. And it's the only, literally the only thing she has on them. Right. So, and now she she does have a, have a stake in the mm-hmm. company itself. Um, so yeah, that makes the most sense to me that that would be the big thing that she would be threatening them with. Well, and if she's got all this money, she's not probably going to care if she loses, you know, her investment in the company because of it. Like, um, but yeah, like that has the huge scandal potential that it's been something that was hidden for decades, Mm -hmm. yada, yada. Like, so it could very much ruin them. Totally. Um, 
So anyways, yeah. So that's like what came to me. I like, I didn't even think of uh, the gift of the Magi. Like, and I've read that story. I don't know how many times. Um, but, it, you know, it's a sim, it's the mm-hmm. same kind of a, an idea. Sacrificial yeah. love. Yes. Where it doesn't necessarily, I don't want to say that it doesn't pay off because that's not the point of the story. No. Yeah. <laughs> the point is, is that love is sacrificial. And right. That, when a couple is truly in love, they mm-hmm. are willing to go to the ends of the earth. They are willing to right. make the biggest sacrifices for mm-hmm. one another, whether the end is what they were planning on or not. Right. I mean, you know, so I guess the little lesson there is throw in some commu- – just a little bit of communication. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but – Anyways, um, okay, I don't think there was anything else that really – I think this is, like, the first time ever in the history of this season of Senchal Kapama coverage that we have not gone over two hours. <laughs> like, yeah. this, this is a short episode, you guys. Um, sorry about that, but um, – <laughs> You're apologizing that we're not talking for two plus hours. <laughs> Listen, I get messages all the time that people are like, you know, if you wanted to make it like four or five hours, I wouldn't mind that. Oh my gosh. I am so the opposite. I'm the one apologizing when it's way, way long. <laughs> um, um, but I yeah. have to – one funny thing that yes. I – as I was re- re-watching before we sign off, um, I showed – I paused it and I showed this specifically to Eric because mm-hmm. I was like, let me show you something that you 100% would do. And it was during the ice skating uh-huh. when Erdem comes up to Fifi and he's like skates up to Fifi and, uh-huh. and he's talking to them. And then he's like, oh, oh, he starts to, <laughs> to flail like he's falling. And he's like, oh, Fifi, help. Fifi, help me. I'm falling. And then he's like, save me, save me. And she's like, you can, you- what's wrong with you? You can skate better than any of us. He's like, but there might be sharks underneath. And what if it melts? <laughs> because Eric would 100% do the same exact thing to me. Oh my gosh. I was dying at that. Oh my gosh. I immediately was like, watch this. You would totally do that. That is so funny. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> that is so true and funny. Oh man. I will say too about that whole – well, other obviously that was scripted. Mm-hmm. But I'm choosing to believe, and I like nobody will convince me otherwise that it was like, "Hey guys, this is an ice skating montage. Have fun!" Like, oh, totally. And so that a lot of that stuff was like Han care skating fun, and you know, it's funny because on their live last last week was it one of the quick lives they did um, recently, like. Uh, Hyundai was like, yeah, did you tell them basically like what you did to me? Like, like she's like, basically, he grabbed me and used me to gain speed and momentum and then let me go. <laughs> and like, and she like barreled into like the barrier or something like that. Oh my gosh. Well, that whole little shot where he kind of quickly skates out of the way of a few of them. It's like yes. Mello and Fifi. And then he and he's like laughing. He, and he slams into the barrier and he's laughing so hard. I was like, that is 100% Karem. Oh, 
Absolutely. It was Absolutely. so funny. Yes, I totally agree. So I I did enjoy I always enjoy when the scenes seem to be something like that. It's mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me of like the volleyball scene in five yes. and like the ocean but where it was probably like just like, okay, play volleyball. We're and have fun. Get some yeah. good shots of you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could almost guarantee that a good chunk of that little montage part, they probably were just like, All right, skate and we're gonna mm-hmm. get some stuff as you guys go. Yeah. Yep. So anyways, uh, thanks for sticking around with us, you guys, while we (laughs) sort of – basically, this was – I feel like this episode was the epitome of us just thought vomiting, like what we were – Definitely. Like feeling as we watched it and the things we – I think it was a good – the best episode we could have done this for, though. I agree. I totally agree because, like I said, every other episode, even 22 Mm -hmm. (laughs) – um, felt like, yeah, there was some scene-by-scene stuff, like, and to – yeah. go over and break down but they're just it this just didn't feel like that at all so Mm-mm. i feel like this was the best way we could have gone through this without just feeling like all we were doing was regurgitating the episode totally totally so yeah i do want to say a quick thank you to um uh stephanie and to elizabeth oh yes uh i thank had stuff so much i had stuff come in the mail yesterday um or we we did and they sent us the sweetest Christmas gifts that were like personalized. Like mm-hmm. Stephanie sent us each um, Turkish flag pillow ornaments for our trees. So cute. Um, and socks that – and they're like – they're nice and like tall. I love – I was like, oh, these are like knee-high socks. I love they're this. They're really nice. They're exactly the kind of socks that I love for wintertime. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. And they're these tall socks, but the bottom on the soles say – like, you know, you'll see ones that are like, if you can read this, bring me wine or uh-huh. bring me coffee. This one on one foot, it says, don't bother me. And the other foot says, I'm watching DZs. And yep. I love it so much. And then Elizabeth sent us candy and chocolate and all this, these like treats like that. And then she sent, she found these cute little like mini makeup bags that are like, it's a moon, but then half the moon is like flowers and so stuff. So it's like, she was like, I it just reminded it. me of Ed Sarah. They're beautiful. And then she made us pins, which, um, she didn't even realize that we both have denim jackets that we like love putting pins on. Mm-hmm. She just made us these pins and they're that face of, it's Karem, not Sercon. It's Karem dressed as Sercon. But it's like a behind the scenes thing, I think. Or maybe it is from an episode. Either way, he's making the funniest, like, ugh, face. <laughs> and she made us pins of, of that face. And I love it. Then made us personalized bookmarks with our names on them. And the little tassel has a moon and star charm on it. And they're so beautiful. And they they're are like this gorgeous. wonderful calligraphy. Yes, they are so pretty. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I was reading a Christmas novella last night, so I was using it for that already. Nice. And then um and then she made us um she sent us some stickers of um of some fan art. And then she made these keychains, you guys. And oh she gosh. wrapped them and it and she said and it said, um, back to where it all began. And it is like a screenshot from our very first episode ever of the podcast playing. Mm-hmm. So it's from Air Kenji Kush episode one. Um, but it looks like what your like pod, like your iPod or whatever your phone would look like when you have an episode playing. And it's like in a cute um, keychain, clear keychain key case. And I love it. So, oh my gosh, they everything was just so thoughtful and so personal mm-hmm. and so sweet and like i really don't know what we did to deserve like beautiful wonderful listeners like you all who have like basically become friends to us um it's just 
we continue to be blown away that something like Turkish disease is just like bonding us with people all over the world, like near and far. So just thank you for the thoughtfulness. Thank you for the support. Like we just yeah, we love appreciate every one of you guys. We every single one of you. Hopefully you all are having a good, safe holiday season. Yes. I know 2020 has been kind of crazy. So um, I also know that a lot of people have kind of – uh, yeah, everybody, everything that Kristen said, you know, we really appreciate all of you guys. You guys have definitely helped make our 2020 better. Oh my gosh, just yes. listening and having DZs to watch and discuss with all of you guys. Yeah. And so hopefully um, your holiday season is good and wonderful and you guys are all safe and happy and things mm-hmm. are are wonderful for you. So Yes, that is our hope and wish and prayer for all of you. Um so thank you, thank you so much. Um this is this is our last episode of the mm, maybe one more next of week? the year? Like whatever. Oh yeah, you know what? We'll probably it's not because by the time our next episode comes out, it'll yeah. still be 2020. Okay. Yeah. So I'll save all that for next week. Yeah. Then. Not quite. Not quite. <laughs> uh, so, all right, you guys. So we'll be back next week, hopefully with oh, back to our regularly scheduled uh, podcast episode format with yeah. all kinds of goodies from 24. So uh, thank you guys again. We love you all. Um, everything, links to everything, as always, are in our episode notes. Uh, you can also go to our profiles on Twitter or Instagram and I have a link mm-hmm. tree there that links to different podcast platforms and all of that stuff so that you can kind of find everything in one spot um, our merch store uh, all those goodies so anyways uh, thank you again we love you guys so much I feel like I can't say that enough and uh, until next time good or shit is host a call good or shit is